I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome on back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast to be named later. I'm Noah Hiles, and it's a different night, but same result. Pirates dropped their seventh straight in a season that really has not had many positives at all for the Buckos. It's It's been, don't get me wrong, after no sports, no live sports aside from UFC and Premier League and Bundesliga and, you know, European soccer, essentially, and and UFC and NASCAR. I'm not going to be complaining about any kind of baseball. I'm happy to watch any kind of Major League Baseball. But this is tough to watch at times. It's tough to watch this team go out there and, and lose continuously. It really is. It's difficult. One thing that wasn't tough to watch, though, was Trevor Williams. And that's a guy I want to talk a lot about today. Best start of the season for any Pirates pitcher. Prior to Wednesday's competition, no Pirates pitcher had made it through six innings. Trevor delivered seven strong innings, one earned run, three hits, and uh, five strikeouts, only one walk. Something the team desperately needed to see. With all the troubles that are going on with their bullpen right now, as far as health goes, which we're going to get into, Alex will join me in the second half of the show to talk about the Nick Birdie injury news. But they needed a long start, and they got one from Trevor Williams, a guy who's coming off of a 2019 season that was pretty disappointing. And coming off of his first two starts in 2020 that were also very disappointing. So good to see him come out and deliver against one of, if not the best lineups in baseball, uh, one through nine. They're pretty loaded. Um, And he made him look silly. He got some help from his defense. But overall, Trevor Williams, a great start. His manager was asked about his start. And actually, before he was even asked, Derek Shelton just went into it and started talking about what he thought of Trevor Williams' outing. Let's hear what he had to say. Wow, he was really good. Gave us a start. We needed seven strong innings, uh, something we really needed for our bullpen. And I thought he was really good. I mean, that's as we've talked about the last couple nights, I think that's probably one of the, the better lineups in baseball, if not the best lineup in baseball. And to be able to uh, execute pitches like he did, it was, it was really good. I think he hit it right on the head. I mean, it, it was a good start. He had a lot of command. Good for him. And it's a shame It's a shame that this team wasted that good start. Josh Bell talked about that in his post-game interview. Let's hear what JB had to say. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a tough stretch. Um, You know, a couple of us have been knocking on the door for a little bit. Um, 
just need, you know, one, one game to turn things around, you know, one, you know, solid performance on, on both sides of the ball, you know, Trevor pitches tail off tonight and, you know, if we score four or five rounds early, it's a different story for the rest of the game. Um, but, you know, all we can do is prepare for tomorrow, try to sleep quick tonight and, and, and bounce back. And Josh Bell says this after his best offensive night of the season, getting three hits, two of them extra base hits, including the two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth. He must have been listening to the show. He must have been listening to the show uh on Tuesday's episode where I, I call or Wednesday's episode, excuse me, when I when I called him out, said I was worried about his production at the plate. I mean the guy had one extra base hit through the first eleven games of the season. He goes and doubles that total more than du- yeah, doubles it in one night with with a double and a home run. Both of them hard hit balls. He also had a little infield single for his uh first hit of the game to bring that hit total to three on the day. Um, but we need more of that. That's good for Josh Bell. Good job. That's one good game. But Josh Bell needs to keep that going. We need more consistent hitters in this lineup. The Pirates need some sort of offensive production. And it can't come after the seventh inning every game. I feel like I've said this a million times on this podcast now. They get their runs again in the, in the bottom of the ninth when it's 5 to nothing and it's too late. Josh Bell has to continue to be better. The rest of the lineup has to continue to be better. Colin Moran is cooled off. He hit a couple balls hard today, but he hasn't had a hit in a couple games now. Adam Frazier, still nowhere to be found. Brian Reynolds, another hitless day for him. Kevin Newman, another hitless day for him. This can't go on like this. It's... It's like 2019 never ended. It clearly did end because the rest of the world has changed since 2019, but the Pittsburgh Pirates really haven't. Their jerseys might be different. They might have a new manager, but they can't win baseball games. This was exactly what was hap- this is exactly what was happening last year at this time. That's when they're Four and whatever, 23 or something like that stretch happened. I feel like we're watching another version of it. A lot of the same players, just in different jerseys with a different manager, and we have to wear a mask when we go outside now. It's disappointing. We should have seen it coming when you think about it. From spring training to summer camp, the team won three competitions. So... You knew coming in that they might not be very good, but this is this is it's borderline pathetic. It's sad. And while a lot of the people in Pittsburgh are thinking about the Penguins' pathetic loss, I'm thinking about this one. Is it because I have a Pirates podcast and had to talk about it? Probably. But it just hurts me. It just hurts to see nothing just nothing there, there there's every day tuning in and it's just nothing it's it's tough to watch another thing that was tough to watch was the young relievers who I've been hyping up over the past couple days maybe a week now come crashing back down to reality come crashing back down to earth 
Davidis Navaraskis allows an absolute bomb to Kepler. That's the Davidis that the haters love to see. It's his first earned runs of the season. And overall, I think he's still having a really good year. But he got hit hard tonight. So did Jeff Hartley, who, after loading the bases in the eighth inning and getting out of it, for some reason, was allowed to come back out and start the ninth. And I get that the bullpen depth is very thin right now. Again, we're going to talk about that in the next segment. But why push it with Jeff Hartley after he loaded the bases in the previous inning? You're going to bring him back out there for what? Was there no one else able to throw? Why not bring in Davidis to start the ninth? You're only still using your third pitcher of the game. I don't get it. Both of their failures today, their failure to produce, you can pin to Shelton, kind of, but you look at the box score, and both of them got hit hard today. Both of them allowed runs today. And maybe if the game was managed better, the Pirates win 2-1 to one with that two-run homer by Bell. But we've said the word maybe too much on this show. We've said the word maybe about bullpen decisions. We've said the word maybe about if guys can maybe get hot or maybe produce or maybe have a good year. I'm tired of saying maybe. As I say that, I ask this question to move forward as I like to always end on something positive. Maybe we aren't giving Eric Gonzalez enough of a chance. Did we write him off too early? Because Eric Gonzalez has quietly been one of the better players this year for the Pirates. I know you're you're hearing that and you're saying two things. What? And the second one would be, well, he doesn't have a lot of competition, which is true. But take a look at his exit velocity in the recent games. Take a look at some of the plays he can make in the field at multiple positions. This is a guy they traded for out of Cleveland, and he was a bench warmer there, but look at who he was behind. Lindor, who's the best shortstop in baseball, and Jose Ramirez, who, when Eric Gonzalez was there, was a top-five MVP finisher in back-to-back years, I believe. So, of course he wasn't going to play over those guys. And they also had Jason Kipnis in that infield as well. So, yeah. This was a place for him to get his shot. And he breaks his collarbone in the start of 2019. And then Kevin Newman plays well. And we forget all about him. We write him off. When in reality, he still has some promise, some potential. A great defender, and he's hitting the ball hard. At this point in the year, it's clear the Pirates are not going to be competing for one of the 16 playoff spots. I think it's time we open up our minds and welcome the idea of anyone. Anyone showing us anything. If that means it's Eric Gonzalez, then so be it. He's my positive moment of the day. Aside from Josh Bell, who, like I said, I called him out. And... He shut me up. Must be a listener. Must be a lunatic. 
Three hits for JB in the fourth one. Four hits for the Pirates. Three of them from Josh Bell. And then the other is Eric Gonzalez. When it rains, it pours. As if their game wasn't bad enough, the Buckos found out before the start of the game that Nick Birdie, the current closer on the club, will miss the remainder of the season. Alex joins me in the second segment to talk about that and more. Stay tuned. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Second part of the show, we're talking about the main Pirates-related news today, something that we honestly probably should have talked about in the first half of the show, but... It deserves its own segment because, honestly, Alex, it's just a really sad story. Nick Birdie, done for the season once again. What is that, three straight years now? Four. Four straight years now his season has ended due to an arm injury. I'm I'm sorry. His season in 2018 didn't end early because of an arm injury. Um, Actually, I guess it would be five. 2016, arm injury, the TOS that – I was misdiagnosed as a bone bruise at the time. 2017, Tommy John surgery. 2018, he misses the entire year besides September because of the Tommy John surgery. Uh, 2019, TOS, and then 2020, which just being qualified as an elbow injury right now. And so after earning his first major league save on Monday, the report said, the report's from uh, one of the two guys in this, in this podcast – talking right here uh say he felt something weird with his elbow went to the trainer and he's done for the year alex give us some more details what happened um we're still trying to find a lot of the details about it. i mean that's that's the crux of the story he he felt fine going into that start of minnesota he everything was for that outing in minnesota not the start but everything was fine about it after the, the Next day, he went to the trainer and said, hey, something's not right, and, you know, my, something just doesn't feel right on my right elbow. And they evaluated it, and they just shut him down for the year. They don't know the complete severity of it, but they figure with the injury, what they do know, and the rehab that would come along with it, it's just a short season. Even best-case scenario, there just is no way to realistically get that done in the – little less than two months that are left in the season and you know it's not worth rushing him even if it is the best case scenario because that arm has taken so many hits and that's the main point of this all that arm has taken so many hits I just rattled off five years of ailments right there if if this is another serious injury to be blunt it might be it it, it might be it. I mean, and it's a shame, especially for Birdie, because this offseason, he, he really tried doing everything he could you know, to make sure that this doesn't happen again. He reworked his throwing mechanics. He was doing a lot of stuff right. It just, it just didn't come together. And, you know, just 
as a fan of the game of baseball, I think we could all say that the pitching world is a little worse if Nick Birdie is not pitching in a pit. I mean, he's a frequent, you know, guest on uh, on Pitching Ninjas, you know, gifts. I mean, thousands of people enjoy, you know, watching him, you know, just chuck it. And that's in serious danger right now. Pirates manager Derek Shelton uh, was asked about Nick Birdie's injury after the game. We're going to play what he had to say right now. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's challenging when you lose, uh, you know, five guys out of your bullpen and you've lost one of your starters. And like the, we've talked about, I mean, we don't really even, we can't even function with innings in Altoona because of the fact that those guys are here. And, you know, those guys have stepped in and, and done done a good job. We just, they have to continue to, to grow and get better. But it, it's a challenge, not only with the fact of, you know, you have guys that are injured, but then, you know, there's some other guys that, that we are, uh, going to be aware of when they throw and how much they throw. And, you know, because of that, some nights you have guys that are not available. Moving forward, as we look at this team, and we'll talk about you, – you hinted at it. We'll talk about Birdie's future in a second. But what does this mean for the Pirates? Who's the closer now? Whenever he comes back, Shelton has said Kel is going to be the closer. And you know what? Looking at this team right now, I just – let's just go through – a scenario right now and what it could have been like this year, you know, for the Pirates. Let's say they needed five innings of relief. You know, your starter got out, but, you know, you're still close. You need to win this game. You need five innings of relief. Who would have been the five pitchers you would have picked? Kella, Birdie, Kyle Crick, Richrod, Michael Felice. Four of them are out, two of them for the year. I mean, this is just – this is getting ridiculous. All there's, all that's left is Richard Rodriguez right now in that bullpen. That's the only big arm. Like Stratton, you know, could offer stuff. Uh, Hartleaf has looked good so far, but no, those are the five. Those were the five big arms, and I know I'm kind of maybe cheating calling Feliz a big arm, but he has shown stuff. Even if you just want to call it, you know, the big four arms, three of them are gone, and we don't know exactly whenever Kyle Crick's going to be coming back. He threw for the first time on Wednesday, but, you know, they're going to wait a day to map out a plan and see how he responded to the throwing. Kella is still in bullpen, so maybe he's getting close. But then again with Kella, he's probably going to be traded at the deadline because he has no years of control left after this. It's just the bullpen right now, it was a mess at the beginning of the season because they weren't getting batters out. Batters out. It's a mess now because they're just no relievers. Birdie was the young – he was the young guy. And mm-hmm. for a team that looks to be in a rebuild, I'm not – they haven't said it, but it kind of looks to be that going that way, that direction. You're looking for young players who you can plug in and say, we can count on him to either develop into a really good player – and someone we can help build the next wave of talent for our franchise around, or someone we can flip for prospects in the future. I talked about this on yesterday's show. And Birdie was a little bit of both of those guys. He was someone who was young, uh, exciting, and while the arm was beaten up, there was so much potential there. And that's a guy that you could rely on to be a back-end bullpen guy for a couple years – and then either flip him 
or just keep him there and make him be your your Andrew Miller, your Aroldis Chapman, your Kenley Jansen, whoever you want to be when your team's good enough to actually compete again. That could have been their guy. But looking forward to his future, Alex, how many people do you – I mean, can you think of anyone who's had the type of arm trouble that he's had that's still in baseball right now? Man, I – Who's that guy who came back from three Tommy Johns? Pitched for the pitched for the Braves, I think, in twenty nineteen. I have no clue. Okay. Well, the fact that neither one of us, two people who watch way too much baseball, can think of his name doesn't exactly bode well for Nick Bernie. Like I said, another major arm injury after what had already what he had already been through. And the injury that he had in high school, even this has been going on even before, you know, professional baseball, it's just been rough. And it's a shame because I know this is such a cliche, you know, for people to say, you know, that no one works harder than X player, but I can say definitively, I have never seen a pitcher work harder than Nick Birdie since coming to Pittsburgh. He has worked like hell to try to get and stay on the field. And it just hasn't. And it's it's heartbreaking to see, you know, someone put that much effort in, and it's just the season's over after 2.1 innings. Oh, and I forgot to mention also, whenever we were going through the relievers at the Pirates don't have Edgar Santana. So, you know, there are six best relievers coming into this year. Uh, five of them are unavailable at the moment. Not great. Absolutely not. Alex, speaking of not great, how was your road trip? <laughs> five straight losses. Uh, what was it like? We, we heard your trip about, we heard about your trip in Wrigley. What was it like in uh, Minnesota? The whole experience, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. I, I didn't have much of a quote unquote experience in Minnesota. I, I went to sleep somewhere in Wisconsin and I got a hotel out there. Uh, drove the rest of the way to Minnesota. And by the time I got there, you know, the day started, you know, I did a zoom call. I did, I went to the stadium and stuff like that. And then the next day it was a matinee afternoon game. So it was kind of pass out from, you know, wake up. Okay. Got to get it going again. So it's been a lot of work. It was a lot. I, I, I feel like I was in, not, I feel like I was in Minnesota for about 30 hours between like actually getting into the city to flying out of the plane. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was interesting. It, it was, I'm, I'm not going to drive to Minnesota again is the real, is the real crux of this conversation. Next time I cover a twins game, I'm going to fly there. Did your plane takeoff have any uh, delays due to drones in the air? Uh, no, no, but that drone delay was in the long game was nice for me, you know, catching the flights that was that was that was very helpful I think you could tell if anyone saw like the gamer that I wrote initially it was very bare bones and then whenever I actually you know got on the plane it's like okay here are some quotes here's some you know color into the whole thing it looked a whole lot better than you know getting it out there first because you know just press for time by the time the interviews were done I had to go to the airport <laughs> there was no I other way around it I like the text afterwards. You, you just said you're solo today, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I would imagine, yeah." I would because imagine I, I, I really do try. 
you've done a great job doing the solo segments, but you know, I, I really do like it whenever I do prefer whenever this is a tandem, you know? So I, I try to fight like, Hey, let's, let's go. I'll, I'll make it work. You know, don't worry about me. But that was one of those, Hey, I just don't have it today. <laughs> go for it. Hey, it's all right. I got a feeling uh, there'll be, things will be a lot easier in the, in the near future here. Just we'll, we'll, oh. we'll figure it out one way or another. We'll figure it out. Yeah. All right, Alex, final thoughts. Any other comments to add before we end the show? Trevor Williams looked great. Yeah. He just looked great last night. No way around it. Best start by far by a Pirates player this year. Might be, you know, top five for the year. That's all we got. Be sure to uh, subscribe and tell all your friends about this good content we're putting out here at DKPittsburghSports.com on DK Sports Radio. For Alex Stump, I'm Noah Heil signing off, Tim. We'll see you tomorrow.